Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks podcast. My name is Aaron, your host, and this week in Sports Cards is Volume 4. We are already on week four. The last three weeks, we have covered different trends that we have reported on Instagram to our followers there. And uh, we got a lot of great comments, a lot of great insights like normal on this show. So I hope you guys are ready. Uh, before you listen to what's about to come, make sure you go and follow us on Instagram at Slabstock. Subscribe here on YouTube. And then also sign up for our daily investment newsletters at Slabstocks.com. Very easy to sign up. Just a one-step email sign up uh, right at the top of the page. So to get into the show for this week, on Monday, the first post was about PSA 9s. Uh, if you followed on YouTube for a little bit now, I released a video on PSA 9s versus PSA 10 for prison basketball investments, and this one happened to be about Jason Tatum we reported on for Monday. Uh, if you look at the Jason Tatum post, there's quite some big gains here since the beginning of January. Uh, card was under $20 uh, at the start of 2020, and now it's already over 125 around an 800% gain, which is quite crazy. Um, of course, the thing is, is that Jason Tatum cards are up almost everywhere, so I'm not saying that PSA 9s for any card are going to increase in value. But the point is, is that for the players that you are targeting or different investments you might be looking at, it might be a good idea to look at PSA 9s. I'll just sum it up really quick. For this PSA 9, it's went up from uh, you know, the 17 to the 125 in the same range, the PSA 10. Uh, we talked about this in the previous video. It went up less in uh, growth rate, uh, uh, slower than the PSA 9 did. So here it's showing that maybe buying the cheaper version actually leads to a bigger profit margin percent. Uh, probably has to do with that people can uh, attain these easier with lower fund amounts, a lower capital, which definitely gets more people involved. And then what's interesting here is that PSA 9s are actually getting crazy respect compared to non-graded cards now. In the past, it always used to be uh, your your PSA 9s or your BGS 9s were around the same as the non-graded. It's still like that for BGS 9s, but now the PSA 9s are different. Uh, at the time of this post, the 9s were selling for around 130 and the non-graded was selling for around 70. So pretty crazy uh, looking at this chart and seeing how the PSA 9 has performed. Um, definitely worthwhile to send in your non-grades, even if they are going to get nines, for the key players. Uh, this might not work with every player. Definitely it's situational, so go do your research on different players and how PSA 9s sell versus non-graded versus PSA 10s. But for Tatum and many other star players, uh, PSA 9s have been selling very well. So be, uh, uh, be on the lookout for that. Giannis PSA 9s as well, uh, prison rookies from 2013, have been killing it. I think they're up to like $750, $800, which is great to see. But still, the point still holds. As for some comments here, we have two to highlight today. One is from Frankenstein Sports Cards, or Frankenstein Cards, and it reads, In my opinion, a base card of any prism rookie is a terrible investment. We are in a bubble, and in no way should we be encouraging people to invest in base cards. Once this bubble pops, those that have invested in overly produced cards are going to lose and are never going to support this hobby after that. This spike in base card value in no way is sustainable. My two cents. So basically, with this comment, it's clear that uh, there's a lot of people, there's 23 people that like this, are not very in support for the base card trend that's going on. Nate and I have covered it in live streams, have talked about how it might be the most you know comparable thing to stock trading, how there's many, a ton of supply of stock and people buy and sell them daily and such. Uh, base cards can be used that way as well, which they have been because for pe new people coming into the hobby, uh, they don't really understand all the different parallels or want to take the time to or understand why a, a red, white, and blue is worth less than a green 
or, or vice versa, whatever. Um, that's what makes base cards desirable uh, to these people. So in some cases, yes, base cards are definitely the most susceptible to a drop in price if the market were to turn down a bit. And then also they can go up equally as fast though. So there's two sides to the coin. I like to preach both to be very cautious when investing in base if they've went up a lot in price. Know that they can either, yes, go up a little bit higher or they can crash. Um, that's what happened when the NBA season suspended. Luca-based PSA 10s crashed. A lot of those B PSA 10s uh, went way down in value. Now they're back up, but just know that it's definitely the most volatile. And just, just yeah, know what you're getting into. Uh, if you're more cautious, maybe spend a little bit more money on a silver PSA 10 that's not going to decrease in value as fast. Or find different ways to invest if it's select blues of 299 or reds of 199. Uh, definitely a good way to do it as well. Another comment here from GNK Sports Cards reads, After watching your video covering the topic, I have personally been picking up PSA 9s and loving it. They offer greater ROI percent than PSA 10s, as you said. It allows for more flexibility with selling because you can buy up more for a lot less to free up capital to reinvest. Uh, he basically said that the video that I put out has been working for him, which is great to hear. And just to touch on really quick is that, yes, a lot of people say buy the card, not the grade. Well, PSA 9s is a great way to do that. You get more cards because you have more capital to spend on the cards instead of buying maybe one PSA 10. You can buy whoever, you know, however many PSA 9s can equate to that. Then you have more cards, you have more flexibility to sell. You're not hampered to holding one card. So it's a really great way to go. And, you know, picture there by JNK or GNK Sports Cards. Thank you for that comment. My thoughts on this topic. I really don't want to get into it too much because you can go back and watch that YouTube video. Um, it's you know probably around a month and a half ago. It's called "Are PSA Nines Better Than You Think?" Uh, definitely go check that out, and you will hear my thoughts. Moving on to Tuesday, we have another Project 2020 investment market report here. This time it is the Derek Jeter from King Saladin. This card retailed on Tops at $14.50 if you bought quantity of 10. Um, of course, if you buy one card on Tops, it's $20. If you buy the bundle with the other card that releases that day, it's $17.50. But I like to use $14.50 because I think the majority of the people that are buying these as investments or to flip are buying 10 of them at $14.50 because it will, it will result in the highest profit margin. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are thinking, which is a good way to go. And this card at the time when it released had the second highest print run of any 2020 Tops Project cards. Uh, the first was the Ben Baller. Um, actually, yeah, it was it was the Ben Baller um, Mike Trout update rookie. Sorry, just forgot my thought there. And for this card, I wanted to highlight one that hasn't gone up like an insane amount. Uh, you will see a little bit later in this podcast uh, something that has. But I want to highlight one that had a high print run that is still selling for more than you could have bought it for. So this one went up 108, 128% from the time it retailed to the time of this post, which was on Tuesday, and they're selling around $33. And you easily could have made money on this. You even could have sold it around 40 to 45 on some of those days. But just to highlight that it is a higher print run card, it still makes you money if you bought on the release day from Topps Retail. So a lot of people are saying, oh, you can't make money in this or print runs are too high. Here's an example of one that has a high print run. Uh, not so high anymore, though, because if you've been paying attention to Tops Project 2020, uh, they're hitting 15K, they're hitting 11K, 10K pretty regu regularly now. Um, so this is just an example of one that was high at the time, but still yielded to profits for people. Uh, really sweet here. 
Got a couple of really cool comments. Uh, this one was of King Saladin's artwork, uh, the Derek Jeter. He actually pitched in here and put in a comment of the uh, the either hand clap or the praying emoji with the uh, investment emoji as well. And that's nice to see King Saladin comment on the post. It was really cool. I liked, or I liked his comment. He's got six likes on that. And then we also have one here from Tyson Beck, who is another artist in Project 2020. Uh, and he says, sus my good in card profit with uh, the eyeball emoji. And later this uh, in this episode, you will see you will see more about that. So stay tuned on that one. My thoughts on this card is that it is a great idea to buy it when it came out. Uh, honestly, as this project keeps on getting more attention and demand, I would not be surprised if this card goes over $50. Right now, it's around $40. Buy it now as they're selling. Uh, it will probably be over $50 pretty soon as more of these print runs. Uh, they will... They either have already or, you know, by the time you see this, they will have unleashed, uh, released the Derek Jeter print run from, I think his name is Adam Thiele. Uh, they will have really released that print run and that will probably affect this one because that print run will probably be over 15 to 20,000 cards. Uh, this one was only 9,000. I'm sure that this Derek Jeter, this was actually the first one that released, uh, will go up as the print runs keep on coming out of Derek Jeter and people are seeing that they're 20K, 25K, who knows how big this project goes. Maybe one gets 50,000. Uh, this will probably go over $50 for sure. Maybe in a 75, who knows if it'll hit 100 if, if enough people are stashing these in their collections along the way. Uh, it'll be pretty great to see, I think. Moving on to Wednesday, we have the Tim Duncan 1997 Topps Chrome Base Rookie PSA 10. Two episodes ago and an episode ago, I believe we have covered many different 1990s uh, Topps rookies. We covered the KG Finest rookie. We covered the Topps Chrome Kobe rookie from 96. Now we've got the 97 Tim Duncan rookie. It's just part of this whole 90s basketball craze going on with the Michael Jordan Last Dance that came out. And now many other stars from that era, uh, their rookie cards that were in that era, are going up a lot in price. And here's the Tim Duncan. I mean, it's went up a ton in price. 65 auctions to sell on eBay over the time period of this post from Jan uh, the start of 2020 until now. And these start out around $215. Uh, the most recent sale, uh, or at least the value, which was an average of two sales, was around 1,168. And the PSA population on this card is 2,291 tens out of a total of 6,464 graded for 35%. Uh, it's it's crazy, obviously. There's been a massive run-up. If you just look at the graph, you see how high this thing has went. A little dip there when the NBA season got suspended, and then a huge spike once the you know the airing of the last dance happened, and people started to see undervalued 90s basketball cards and rookie cards and PSA 10s that are hard to get. Um, you know, Luca's rookie is probably 80% PSA 10s or 75, 70. So this is a hard get on the PSA 10. There's not that many out there compared to what there is today. And people are looking at this as Wow, I can buy Tim Duncan, who is a multi-time NBA uh, champion, uh, all-time great, top 10 from ESPN, and his card is only $500 for a PSA 10, but Zion's is 600 to 650 Of course I'm going to buy Tim Duncan. Uh, so many different ways to look at this, but you know it, it's went up a lot in price. Know that. So I'm not saying that it can't go up higher. It could, but also it's already went up a ton. Uh, we have some comments here. One is, again, from uh, GNK Sports Cards. I believe it will begin to top out soon and consolidate. However, this increase is justified to an extent. Tim Duncan has always been underrated. His accomplishments speak for themselves. With all the rings and MVPs he's won, people finally began to see how great of a player he was and ESPN ranking him in the top 10 of all time. 
is just the icing on the cake. The price may have risen exponentially in a short period of time, however. It's hard to argue that this isn't well-deserved for a player with so many accolades. Then we have one from Sterling Sports Cards. It will be interesting to see how this card does over time. No one really loves Tim Duncan. He's never talked about, not liked by many, and the reason his cards were undervalued is because no one really cared about him. That will never change. Can you just hear the conversation? Hey, check out my sweet new Tim Duncan rookie. Tim Duncan, really? Uh, kind of funny, his comment, but at the same time, uh, I think that there's a lot of people out there that probably like Tim Duncan, especially Spurs fans and just fans of NBA greats, I'm sure, want to get a Tim Duncan in their collection. I mean, by no means is he like super exciting or like had a ton of fans, you know, that like, you know, new guys like Trey Young and Zion capture in the moment that they're playing, but he is now assistant coach of the Spurs. He's still around the league and, you know, all those accolades over the career definitely stack up and he seems to be getting a lot more respect now that his career is done uh, rather than him playing. So I think that there, you know, that's not common, isn't necessarily, you know, true to some extent. Some, yes, it is a little bit, but not completely, which is why we see this card going up so much in price. Uh, just to reiterate what I stated a little bit earlier, this card has the ability to go up more in price as pe- more people want to buy, as really any card does that is in demand. But also just be wary that this card has went up a ton in the last four months and uh, don't buy in if you're not comfortable or if you don't want to risk, risk it a little bit because there has been so much gain, it could be susceptible to some losses. Moving on to Thursday here. This is where we have the Dwight Gooden uh, from 2020 Project. This was one of the original 20 cards released, uh, which were the first 20 cards in the set. It was card number 12, and this was from Tyson Beck. For, uh, you guys saw the comment earlier. This is just absolutely insane. $14.50 if you bought in bulk of 10 on Tops.com. Uh, early April, April 1st, I believe. And now look at that. It's topped out at $700. Uh, it's absolutely crazy. It's went up so much. And the crazy thing here about this card is that when the time this card was released, it was the least demanded card. It still is, actually. There was only 1,065 print run. Out of the entire set, this is the least demanded card at the release. And now it's one of the top selling cards. There's only one other card selling for more, which is the Ichiro by Ben Baller, which is worth 800 And that was the first card released in the set. Uh, this card's one up 4,728%. Uh, since it retailed on tops, and I can't really think of any other product or card that was the least desired card to come out, and now it's the most, uh, even within two months of release. So it's crazy to see here how print runs, how artists, how all these different factors are affecting these prices, uh, much more than just the player that's on the card. I think there's so many other players in this set that people would want, other than Dwight Gooden, you know, Mike Trout, Ken Griffey, Ichiro, uh, Derek Jeter, all those guys. Yet Dwight Gooden here is one of the top selling cards for you know reasons I just explained, which is crazy. As for some great comments on this, uh, this is really a discussion base. This isn't really just one comment; it's many. So let me just read down the line here so you guys can see. It starts off with Ecto Collectibles. He asked, "Are people submitting these to be graded?" And my response was, "It's an interesting discuss- discussion. Original packaging versus graded, and then people from there." Or actually, he responded that said, that's what what I'm stuck on. What is more valuable, the Project 2020 seal or a slab? Then Mike by the Lake responds with, I think for the Trout releases where the print run is high, grading the card might set it apart. C. Fuddy comes in and says, even lower pop equals more value. Then we got John TE18 responding with, sent in duplicates to get graded. Figure that's there's two sides to the coin. Original packaging for the art world and graded for the card world. 
It remains to be seen if I'm right either way, I'm covered. Then Nate ST13 responds with, not sure why anyone would grade these. They don't sell for a premium. They're more art than cards anyway, so putting them in ugly slabs. Ruin it. And then Topps Chromie responds with, I wouldn't, will be a hard grade. And I know that Topps Chromie has bought a lot of Project 2020, uh, so he definitely has at least some knowledge on this for sure, or a lot of knowledge, I should say. So uh, that's a good comment there. And just to uh, comment on this discussion on the grading thing is that I think that John, what was that? John TE18 definitely hit the nail on the head that covering yourself in both the art world and the card world is a great idea. I think there's totally something to be said for original packaging, how it will carry more value um, along the way. But also there's something to be said for a 9.5 BGS since that would probably be the best option for grading these since they're thicker cards. Um, there's something to be said for those carrying more value as someone else said with higher print runs. So if there's 30,000 Mike Trout Ben Ballers, and then maybe there's only a thousand nine fives out there. The nine fives will sell for considerably more because it it, it adds more value. It's a variation. Uh, there's not the same amount out there, and that would help for sure. So I think grading some, keeping some sealed is a great way to go. And I hope that discussion helps you out because this is a really good question that was asked. Moving on to Friday and our final market report here, we have the Tom Brady 2000 Bowman Chrome Rookie PSA 10. Is there any card that you have seen go from $2,000 to $7,000 plus in under two months? Um, it might be this one because it has actually. And it's went up 235% increase in value since that date at the start of 2020. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Just kidding. It went up two, It went from 2000 to 7000 from the end of March till now, which is crazy. It's It still went up around the same since the beginning of 2020, but that's because it didn't really do anything for the first three months of the year. But now here we are, and it's over $7,000. Um, I don't really have much to say on this other than I'm assuming that people looked at Michael Jordan card prices, they looked at Tom Brady, and then they're like, holy cow, Tom Brady, how is his PSA 10 rookie card only $2,000? This has to be worth more. Tons of people came in in a short period of time to buy with a limited supply card because there's only 1,030 PSA 10s out there, and this is what we get. I'm a graph that looks like that, basically where it just jumps up and then just keeps on going. Um, that's pretty much how all that happens in any different card. It's low supply, lots of buyers that want them really fast to load up. Here we are. Who knows if people you know, have the right intentions when buying these. I'm assuming yes because I was checking out some bidding history and it looked pretty pretty good. Uh, but as for this card, as of what we know now, $2,000 to $7,000, uh, absolutely crazy. Got a comment here from Yajits2 who I met at the National uh, last year in Chicago. Really cool guy. He says there's a, also a nine-part Brady documentary on the way. And I just replied, with, well, that helps for sure with the value. So I guess that these documentary crazes are still going on. And here we are, Tom Brady. And then Mount Rushmore Sports Cards, 2002 Tops Chrome and Tops is going up at an even faster rate and may catch up. Uh, someone actually DM'd me showing me that exact same thing that he said like right after it. And supposedly these Tops Chrome 2002, which I'm assuming it's the first Tops Chrome Brady card i haven't looked to confirm that but i'm assuming which is why there's a discussion around it went from ten dollars up to now like 200 250 so crazy rise there as well brady has just been on fire all over the place uh presumably because of the michael jordan last dance documentary and i guess more information about a nine-part brady documentary coming out next year so lots going on here with brady um i would i would extremely caution buying into a card that's went up this much in this short of a time frame um, it might also be one of those card that cards that it's like, well, if you haven't bought it now, it's just going to keep on going up in price. 
So I don't know. You just have to, you know, figure out if that's a price point you can buy in at in the first place, and then if you're comfortable, and then if you think it has even more room to grow as Brady just, you know, is cemented as the goat for football already, and even further so, uh, wins more maybe this year, or at least gets, you know, more demand over time as people start to appreciate him even more. Uh, so just crazy what's happened there and how expensive these things are now in such a short amount of time. To end this video, like every week, we highlight one of the daily questions throughout the week on Instagram. This one happened to come on Thursday, which was the morning after the Bowman Chrome Red Refractor Auto of Mike Trout 9.5, numbered out of 5, ended on Golden Auctions. And this card ended for an obscene price of $900,000. Uh, there is no other modern baseball card that has sold for this much. I think the previous high was the top, or the, sorry, the Bowman Chrome 2009, so same as that card as this, the Super Fractor Auto, one of one, that the same guy who owned this card that sold it, which we'll talk about later, uh, bought the Super Fractor for $400,000 two years ago in May of 2018. So here we are, a card numbered out of five, ended for over double what the previous Super Fractor sale was. Um, so some really wild times. There was so much engagement on Instagram over this post. Uh, for good reason, it's you know the highest selling base, modern baseball card of all time. And just wanted to read a couple of comments I had here because I did pose a question. Uh, do you think that baseball cards have fully entered, or basketball cards, sports cards, have fully entered the art category where you know it's an investment to display, to hold over time, uh, spend like a ton of money on it, like this Mike Trout, like big time, you know, rich people coming in and displaying these things in their homes. So I just got got a lot of comments to read here. Uh, first is from Heroes for Sale. He says, this probably means the Super Fractor's in the 2 to $3 million range. I agreed with him. And then Flipping C Board, which is Flipping Cardboard, I responded with, while that Vegas Dave is a clown, he made a great decision at the time. And then CP2WWU replies, if you haven't already checked the Vegas Dave Super Fractor video on YouTube, you should do that now. And then quickly to touch on that is that the owner of this card who sold this red refractor is Vegas Dave. Vegas Dave also bought the Bowman Chrome Super Fractor Auto uh, two years ago in May for $400,000. There's been a lot of different conversation around him as a person, as you know what his ethics are in the business. I don't really want to get into that, but if you want, you can Google about him. You can go watch YouTube videos on him, as said there, uh, to figure out about how this all came to light or how this all happened. Um, so just a quick pointer there. Moving on with more comments, we have GMI flips, card equals art, card collector 1427, that card is worth every penny, and then Fresh Slab says, this is awesome. We have Carson uh, Close Cards that says, sports cards are better than art. Many people would rather invest in something they personally enjoy, like cards of their favorite player that they watched on TV for years, than invest in a painting by someone they have barely heard about. Platinum Card Breaks responds with, could not have said it any better. And I just want to show many, many comments or many more like this on the Instagram post that are just, you know, very enthusiastic about sports cards and how they are being perceived in the modern world today uh, versus how they might have been perceived like 10 years ago at, or 20 years ago during the junk wax or different things. Um, but definitely sports card perception in the in the world today and then the industry compared to others are definitely at an all-time high, which is great to see. And many people are commenting their support for this sale. Um, comparing it to different things like art and such, which is great to see. This was it for this week in sports cards at Slab Stocks Volume 4. Many things to cover. 
I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We covered many different topics with Project 2020, Tom Brady, um, the Mike Trout's Red Refractor Auto Sale, Tim Duncan, some all-time greats. Uh, many things more to come in the future, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's Volume 5, and I will see you there next week.